0: you that the soup kitchen and the pantry are back in action on Wednesday. We have Bible study Wednesday night and we have prayer every Friday. So, uh, this is where we'll be from six to eight on Friday if you want to pray. And, uh, uh that's the best weapon we have right now is prayer. Amen. 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 Well, we're glad you're all here today and, uh, we're going to go to the word of the Lord and I want you to help me read it today and I'll be, uh, Everybody get your Bibles or your cell phones or whatever else. Uh, We're going to be in the King James, Olivia. Thank you. That's where we're going to start. I'll try not to sniff too much. Thank you, Lord, for your word. 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, where we've been starting now there for going on a month and a half now. 1 Corinthians 2.2. 2. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray right now. Father God, uh, in our weakness, you are strong. Where we come up short, you never do. Lord, you have the answers to the dilemmas and the problems that face us right now. And Lord, we look to your eternal word as our guide. It's eternal. What you speak has life. What you speak to us has no death involved in it. It's life. And we just speak life over this congregation. We speak life into those that are discouraged right now because you're the God of peace. You're the God of understanding. You are the way in the wilderness and you are the light in the darkness. You're the lover of our souls today hallelujah you're the fairest of ten thousand there's no one like you there is no one like you there is no one like you lord there is no one like you and if we proclaim anything we proclaim that right now that you are god and there's no other god above you and all the other gods are images and idols but you are the one true god and you said in your word that you shall worship the Lord your God and Him only shall you worship. So that's who we worship today. Through all the problems and all the things that are going on, Lord, we pray that our, our worship was acceptable to you today, Lord. That it was a sweet smelling savor in your nostrils. That you could look down and smile upon your children and say, those are my kids there and I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to take care of my kids. I'm going to take care of my flock. Because I'm the good shepherd and no man enters in except through me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Well... Around the middle of December, the Lord told me to keep things simple because we get too complicated sometimes with with preaching and learning, and the gospel is very simple. And we're going to read corporately what we agree is the word of God, and I think it might do the whole congregation well to read together because a lot of times I just read the scripture and... Uh, But I want you guys to help me. It's funny, today I was back in the back during worship, and uh, we've been talking about the simplicity of God. So Harold comes up and hands me a track. And you know Harold uh, passes out tracks all the time, but he also has a great love for Mexico, and he's been there many times for my kids, Matt and Vanessa and, and the rest. And he gave me a track today that says, Ser Salvo es Simple. And that means it's simple to be saved. It's simple to be saved, and it gives you the uh, the prayer that you should pray and how simple it is. He said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man enters into salvation except through me." Hallelujah. So, thank you, Harold, for that. Read with me, First Corinthians. We're gonna start this together. Hang with me, okay? We need simple today. We don't need complicated. Somebody say, amen. Amen. Read with me. For I determine save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the basis of our faith today. Everything else is add on. Paul, as I've shared for the last five weeks, Was a great debater he could debate with anybody he knew exactly what was going on and he went to athens and turned that upside down everywhere he went he preached the gospel but he saw in the church that there was a tendency to complicate things even in the corinthian church things got complicated that's why he wrote that that long letter to say look this is what's important this is not important and it doesn't take human beings very long to get things gummed up. So that's why we need to go back to simple. And the basis of your faith today and the basis of my faith is Christ and Him crucified. Because without the cross, nothing would have ever gotten done. And thank God today, that cross. You know, a lot of churches don't have crosses anymore. They take them all, we got a cross there, we got a cross there, we got a cross there. Why is the cross so important? Because it's the pivotal thing in mankind. It's pivotal. And God said when he sent his son to the earth that this is what needs to be done. I'm sending my son. And why did he send his son? Olivia, John 3, 16 and 17. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Are you ready? Let's go. Read this loud. For God... How many of you believe today? That the cross and him crucified is what we need to know. That's what Paul needed to know. Of everything he knew, he boiled it down to the simple thing that this is what... Salvation's all about because I He sent His Son into the world not to condemn the world. We're listen, as Christians, we're not condemners. Our job is to share the gospel. And what's the gospel? It's the good news. Now, what people do with good news is up to them. Not everybody looks at you know some people that are anarchists and just off the cuff, they don't want to hear good news because their hearts are filled with hate. It's filled with anarchy, and it's filled, tearing down the things of God. But God's going to show what He thinks about that here in a minute. So, and then let's go to verse 17. There we go. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, read with me, but that the world through Him might be saved. Through who? Through who? Yes. Hallelujah. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Now, Olivia, if you would go to First, Second uh, Corinthians, chapter four, and verses four through six, these are things that we have settled on. We don't need to debate these things. First Corinthians, chapter four. I mean, Second Corinthians. I'm sorry, you had it right. And here's what's going on all around us right now. Who's the God of this world? The bad guy, okay? He's the God of this world. But look what it says. Read with me. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. It's so simple. You either believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no special class you can take. There's no special thing you can do. You just simply need to believe because that's what pleases the Father. If one of you sent your son into battle, which some of you probably have in here, and if something happened to him and his life was taken, you would expect people to honor that, wouldn't you? You would expect the honor due under the sacrifice that they made. Military people understand that because it's a sacrifice when you're in the military. And if you offer up your son in that way and say, you know, uh, Matt Maupin and people in this area that were killed went through horrible deaths. We don't even know what they had to endure. So we need to honor them because they paid a dear price and naming a street after them a road is not enough. So in the same way we would honor them, we need to honor our Heavenly Father. And He said, this is the sacrifice that I'm sending you. It's bigger than countries. It's bigger than individuals. It's bigger than any debate. It's bigger than this. It's bigger than the enemy. You cannot reject this sacrifice. You must honor this sacrifice. Amen? So we give honor to the Lord today for sending His Son, the Lord Christ Jesus, into this earth. And we honor that right now. We, what's that song they sing? You deserve the highest honor and the highest praise. Oh, we better read on. Let's start over again. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the what glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Isn't that pretty simple? Jesus even said that people love darkness more than they love light. But He is light. He's the light of the world. All light comes from Him. How do I know that? Because that's what His Word says. Genesis chapter 1, Olivia. Hallelujah. You said we know all these scriptures. Well, There's coming a time in the earth where we're really going to need to know him. We're going to need to know what we stand on and what our basis is and what our answer is going to be. And we're walking through this. Christ and him crucified. What happened? Go back to verse one, would you please? I'm sorry. In the beginning. How many of you were around in the beginning? Some of you might feel that way today. I don't know. You know, as I look out here, and I could look in every... There's nobody that's been here since the beginning. There, he's the eternal one. He was the only solution to man's sin. Why? Because he was the creator. And it says in the last days, in the book of Romans, that people will worship the creation more than the creator. And that's a dangerous place where we are right now. Even in the churches, we worship the creatures more sometimes than we do the Creator. And good here we are. In the beginning. In the beginning. Okay. Okay, so what's simple? You gotta start somewhere. That's pretty simple. You gotta start somewhere. In the beginning. You know, the day you got born again, you had a new beginning. The Bible says you become a new creature. You no longer worship the creation. You worship the one that created. We don't gather together in anybody's name except the Lord Christ Jesus. Well, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That pretty well covers everything, doesn't it? And guess what? He never went off the clock. He's still there today. And I want you to know we serve a creative God today. A lot of people are asking, well, what's going on in the country? What's going on? I don't know. But I do know one thing. What we're trying to read out of his word today is what we should know. Because that's the only real answers that we can give. Jesus came to this earth under a cruel empire, the Roman Empire. But you know what? His battle was not so much there. His battle was for souls. And our battle's for souls. Because we can all have opinions about things that are going on, and I have strong opinions, but the bottom line is, what is the church left? To, what does the church have left after we're disappointed or whatever it might be, or whatever we believed, or whatever we heard prophesy? What do we have left? I'll tell you what we got left. We got the Word of the Lord that establishes His kingship on this earth, and we also have great and precious, exceeding promises, and He's going to come back. And he's going to set things in order. So he's a creative God. I get tickled at people sometimes that think they figured God out. The more I know about him, the less I know. Because he's sovereign. And he's creative. And our creativeness only goes and it hits certain limits because we have the five senses to deal with. We've got to deal with them every day when we get up. How many of you gotten mad this past week about anything? Raise your hand if you did. Tell the truth. Did you get mad? Hey, yep, Yeah. What are you going to do about it? I'll ask that again. I asked myself that question. What am I going to do about it? Uh, well, I'm a preacher. I'll preach. That's what we do. You're a Christian. You share the gospel. You share that he's the hope of them. That's what's left to us, because how many times have we made the wrong decision, or, or politicians and those have made wrong decisions? Let's keep going. And the earth was without form. I think we saw a couple instances this week where everything was just without form. Some of us saw things that we've never seen before in our life, and it's hard to explain. Other than the difference between darkness and light. Now, I've been to Washington many times, in front of the Supreme Court, the call, different things. But I'll tell you what, I still had respect for the institutions and things up there in Washington DC. I had to have that respect. Because why? Because the Bible tells us to have that respect, to honor those in charge. You think God can't put in charge who he wants in charge? I get mad about things too, but your anger should draw you back to the word of the Lord instead of saying, well, what did we do in the flesh that we missed or prophesied or did this? Well, we did a lot of things wrong. I'll tell you one thing I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have crawled in the window of the Capitol building to make my point. Now, if that makes some of you mad, I'm sorry. But there's certain boundaries that can't be crossed. Because why? Because we're Christians, that's why. And every time the news media, they'll show a Confederate flag or something when there was probably only one there, but that's in every picture of what you see. Am I telling the truth? So I get mad too. But my anger should draw me back to the Word of God and see how Jesus handled things. He lived under an oppressive regime, but he didn't have that big fight with them. He could have He could have called 10,000 angels like we sing, and they would have come to his aid, but he had a bigger goal in mind. What's the goal of the church? The goal of Jesus is to seek and save that which is lost. Everybody's quiet today. The earth was without form and void. Nothingness. Nothingness. Ecclesiastes. Read the book of Ecclesiastes. It talks about the vanity that's in the world. All the vanity. Everything's vanity. See, without God's creative acts and creative voice in things, it's just vanity. It doesn't mean anything. It just doesn't mean anything. He created the earth But he said, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. But what happened? The Spirit of God, the Spirit of God. Say Spirit of God. God. Say it again, the Spirit Spirit of God. God. We're going to have prayer after I get done up here. And I want you to come expecting the Spirit of God to speak to you. I want you to come expecting healing to take place. It's the Spirit of God that accomplishes that right now. Why? Because wherever there's chaos, wherever there's confusion, wherever there's darkness, there's one thing that can change that. The Spirit of God moved. That's the Spirit that was at creation. It's the Spirit that was on the day of Pentecost. It moved and a mighty Russian wind blew through that place. That's what we need in our lives and in our country. We need a mighty rushing wind to blow through. Hallelujah. Darlene likes it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. right. Hallelujah. Things get done when we obey the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the Spirit of God moved. That's what we need today. That's what we need we need the Spirit of God to move. Why? Because it, it said in, in uh, that their eyes have been darkened by the king of this world, by the ruler of this world. The Spirit of God is what drew, drew me to an altar in 77 to get saved. It wasn't the sermon. If it was, that's great. But I had made up my mind the night before, after I had left that revival, that, buddy, oh, boy, I goofed. Because when the preacher preached and gave the invitation, I didn't respond. But I went home that night. And you talk about the Holy Ghost being... He had the hound dogs after me, buddy. And I remember telling the Spirit of God. See, that's what Paul was saying. You know, we need to know Christ and Him crucified and what He can do. The power of His crucifixion. And I promised him, I said... Boy, just keep me alive one more night. And I went to that revival the next night. It was a Wednesday night, few people in there. And he didn't even have to start preaching. But I started going to that altar. And when I got up there, the Spirit of God just cleansed me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I felt the presence of God. And it was unmistakable. And the Holy Spirit was all over me. And I started prophesying. You know what I said? Praise the Lord. You say, that's not a prophecy. Yes, it is. Praise the Lord. Because that's what we're here for today is praise the Lord. i got to get back on track. Did we finish up that last verse? Holy Spirit. And the earth was out form and void. Help me now. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. I hope that there's a great revival I've heard it predicted for years and years and years if it comes and the churches are full I'll be dancing just like you all be dancing but if it doesn't and God has another way of doing things guess what any light that comes is still going to come from the source and that's him whether we're right or whether we're wrong in our flesh he is the truth the life and the way and it's going to take a move of the Holy Ghost upon politicians, upon people in high places. What 2 Corinthians say? Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This isn't a battle between this one and that one. This is a battle for the souls of men. And everything comes down to the eternal battle between the souls of men and the enemy. God wants to win you. I could even say this, when you came to a a knowledge of him, you went from a loser to being a winner, because as people say, I read the back of the book, and I know who's going to win in this thing, whether I'm alive or whether I'm dead, when the Lord comes back and he said, Lonnie's name's written in that book alive, there it is right there, Heavenly Father, see, that's him, that's him, that's him, that's him, that's him right there, he's one of mine. And God said, you know, I'm so glad that they, that in the book, in this book, that God's brought on the picture real quick. And God said, and God said, I'm going to say this, be careful where you get your information. Everybody just get your information from the book. That's where we need to get it. You know, there can be disagreements on doctrine, and there is. That's why you have different denominations and everything else. The Baptists believe one way, the Charismatics another way, the Lutherans a way, the Catholics a way. There's many different ways, and all the divisions are doctrinal divisions, about doctrine. But you know what? Human beings have a hard time with sound doctrine. That's why God said keep things simple, because it doesn't matter about debating how do you do this and how you do that what matters is have you been saved by the blood of the lamb that's what matters that's what he came for that's what he came for and that bring if we could all come into i i'm glad that verse 3 said and god said and god said let there be light It wasn't some goofy dinosaur or something else from six million this past week again. They found another skull or something. It just drives me crazy. They find a skull in a tar pit somewhere, and uh, uh, their prophecy is the world's six billion years old. Well, you know what that does? That denies the what the Word says. It denies the existence of God, and it puts people in a place where they feel like, well, we don't have any control over this thing. This place is six billion years old. I believe what the Word says. I believe when God created it, there was darkness, and it wasn't done yet. Just like our lives, you're not done yet. The Spirit of God could still move in your life. I don't care what's going on. We need to move of the Holy Ghost, and we don't need to identify it the way we always identify the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost brings light and life to man. That's what he does. Well, what's it say? God said, Let there be light. What happened? What happened? Tell me what happened. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Even everything created, see, light and darkness they have to bow. Think about this for a minute. He speaks things into existence by the word of his mouth. He created the heavens and the earth. And you might say, well, why didn't he create it right in the first place? I can't answer stuff like that. And I wouldn't ask God about things like that because there are some things that are too complicated. Job said, oh man, I've been commenting on things that I don't understand. Well, I don't understand everything, but I do understand what we've been reading right now. God said, God said, God said, God said, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and confess him with your mouth and believe in your heart that he's God, you shall be what? You shall be what? How many of you are saved today? So now let me ask you, or share this with you. If God can speak light into existence and separate the light from the darkness, He can sure show us how to get through this world. He can show us the way. That's why He said, I am the way. The disciples said, Show us the way. He said, I am the way, the truth. I mean, I, I think we've all learned by now that you can't trust news media. We can't trust them. Because I'll tell you what, this, this is so simple it's either light or darkness. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have a whole different mindset and heart set than those that live in darkness. That doesn't make them less than us, but they have a different opinion, a different slant, because the light's not been shed abroad in their hearts. It's evident for all to see, but they reject that light, and because they reject that great sacrifice, and they don't honor the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, then There's trouble. They can't think like I didn't think like uh, Darlene did before I got saved. I thought she was just Darlene. She's still just Darlene, but thank God that she stuck with me in my drug days when I was in the dark. I look back now and it must have been terrible for her to fight through the things that she fought through because of my behavior. But guess what? The day I bowed my knee to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, you know, I want to honor my wife. I want to honor what Christ did. Everything changed. And what I saw that I didn't like in her turned into what I do like in her because I had a different mindset. So we need to believe in what the Lord says. The media is biased. I better not go there. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Whenever God says something, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I don't care what's going on right now. I Well, I do care because it affects you guys, and it affects me, and it affects the church. But... What I do care about is my eternal salvation and my soul. And one day he's going to look at me and say, Lonnie, you did all right. You did all right, kid. You did all right. He won't say it like that. And if somebody's prophesying, I like to hear that, thus saith the Lord. Because I think when God responds, he doesn't respond as one of our buddies around the campfire. He responds as God Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. When I hear some prophecies and they're talking to God like, "Well, I'm going to download this, and I'm going to break through that, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do," I don't think that's God speak. God speaks this way: "Let there be light." That's pretty emphatic. That's pretty simple. Now, I guess the light had a choice. Was it going to be light? But created things can't stand when the word of God speaks into their life. They can't stand it. We're created beings, so we see through a mirror or a glass darkly. But one day, everything's going to be revealed. There's a lot I want to know about what's going on right now, but it's not my place to know it or God's not letting me know it. One thing I do know, the cross and him crucify. Where do you want to go after this? I'm not going to let you. Go to Luke chapter one, verse 79. Read this with me, too. We're talking about light. We're talking about simple things. Look what it says. Read it with me. He came to give light to them. Come on. If everybody got it, hold it a minute. I want everybody reading. Okay, here we go. To give light to them. Pretty good scripture that's why Jesus came that was a prophecy see that was a prophecy that had to do with the birth of Christ why did he come into the world well he came ultimately for the cross but he also came to give light to those that sit in darkness before we got saved we sat in darkness we were hopeless people now we're people of great hope we sit in the shadow of death let's just be honest but he came to guide our feet into the way of peace I'm going to say this if you sit and watch chaos on tv all day every day that's what you're going to reap I'm going to say that again I don't want to make you mad you know uh, speaking of darkness and light You know, we could go dark. A lack of electricity causes darkness. The Bible says that the sun will be dark and the moon will cease to give us light. We could go dark. Well, what happens if we go dark? What do we have left? We have the light of the world. This is a precursor to heaven because it's in heaven... There's not going to be any need for because, because he is what? He is the light. So if we go dark, we got this to stand on. The word of the Lord said he'll be the light. It also says he'll wipe away every tear from our eyes, and all the former things will be forgotten. We're a new creature now when we get saved, and we're going to be even newer of a creature when we get called up in the rapture or when we stand in the presence of the Lord because there'll be no more sin. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be the perfect will of God. Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can't lose. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 7. Well, oh, she's doing a good job back there. Isaiah. Forty two seven. Here's a prophecy. Look at this prophecy. This is pretty simple to understand too, isn't it? This is a prophetic word about prophecy. If God tells someone to prophesy something, they know how to say it and they know what to say and they're not confused in it. He came to open the blind eyes. A couple was it last week or week before I had Jeremy close his eyes and try to find Bill. He knew where he was in a general area. He got up out of his seat. And Bill pretty much sits in the same seat all the time, him and Sue over here. (coughs) So I said, Jeremy, get up and go find him. Well, you know, Jeremy, he's game for about anything. He got up and he felt down the line of chairs. Couldn't open his eyes, but he felt down the, the line of chairs. He went by there and he went by there. And then when he was approaching Bill, I told Bill to move. And if you were here, you saw Bill go back a couple rows and it threw Jeremy off because he was oriented to where he was. See, without sight, he knew generally what was going on, but he didn't really know specifically what was happening until he opened his eyes and found out that the goalposts moved. And whenever you're dealing with mankind and people that are ruled by darkness, they're going to keep on moving the goalposts on you. And a kicker can't kick the extra point unless he has a clear definition of where the goalpost is. So our clear definition is the cross. That's what we aim at. And when he opened his eyes, that's why Jesus came to open the eyes of the blind, to bring out the prisoners from the prison. And them that sit in what? Them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Before you come to a knowledge of the Lord, you're in prison, whether you're in prison or not, because you're sitting in darkness. Might as well. A lot of us walk through life with our eyes just closed. I would not attempt to go down these steps right now with my eyes closed. I have enough trouble doing them with my eyes open. And that's the way of the world. We can't believe what they say because they're walking around with their eyes closed. They're walking around with their eyes closed. Last verse, Isaiah chapter 60, verse one. Amen. So here we are today. in this church today, we all came to worship the Lord, to hear the word of the Lord sharing fellowship. Bad things are happening all around us, things that we don't understand. Where do we turn? Where do we go? How do we handle this? This is what the Lord said to Isaiah to prophesy. He says, arise and shine. When I got up this morning, it was just another Sunday. I didn't think that this was a calamitous day or anything. I did comment to Darlene that I expected more people to be out on the roads Coming from Florence, it was like a ghost town today. See, the Bible says in the last days that men's hearts will fail them for fear and the things that are coming on the world. Well, the only way to live, not fear-free, none of us can get, I don't think, exactly fear completely free, but the way to get through is to trust in Him. See, I'm going to church, whether they go to church or not. Is that in your heart? Is that in your heart? You can hear a thousand reasons why people won't go to church. And there's only one why. Because of him. All right, I must move on. You all be getting mad at me. Why do we arise and shine? For the light has come. The light has come. He is the light. He said, let there be light. This light that we have today wouldn't be without him speaking into existence. He gave man the knowledge to create light. And the what happens? Arise, shine, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord. This is what we need to look for with all this stuff going on. The glory of the Lord, for the light has come. Hallelujah. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you and upon me. Next verse, please. That's what's going to happen. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Okay. But look what it says. (laughs) And gross darkness the people. Not just darkness, but gross darkness. That's the first time i ever noticed that not just ugly but gross ugly gross darkness you can't get any darker than gross darkness it'll cover the people that's why jesus said well i find faith on the earth and we forget that story sometime where that came from it came from a woman that kept on petitioning a king to treat her family the right way. And he wouldn't because he was not a, a a believer or he was not one that was connected to God. He was an unjust judge, but she pestered him so much that he said, I'm just going to give her her wishes. And then he said, but nevertheless, will the son of man find faith in the earth? We need to keep on petitioning the Lord for our safety, for our light For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and the gross darkness of the people. But, there we go, everybody say, but. What? But what? The Lord. Say it again, but what? The Lord. the Lord. See, that's what happens when you leave him out of the equation. When you leave what he's done or his sacrifice out of the equation, you just sit in Darkness. Ghost darkness. But the Lord, but the Lord shall rise upon thee. Now I've heard a lot of bad prophecies and doomsday stuff, but I'm going to proclaim over this church right now and the individuals that are here. You guys keep on seeking the Lord's face. You keep on praying. You keep on doing the things that you're supposed to do. And the light of the Lord and the glory of the Lord is going to shine upon you. And you're going to have a good year because he's going to have a haven of rest for you. And I don't care what the news media says about this is happening and that's happening. I want to know what's happening in heaven. And I want to know what's happening when I get there. And I want to know how I can navigate through this world right now. That's what I need to know. And I'm not going to learn it from ungodly people. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. The Lord shall arise upon thee. And what's this say? And his glory, his glory shall be seen upon you. This all goes back to 1 Corinthians 2. 2, For I was determined not to know anything except Christ and him crucified. Peter talks a lot in his epistles about being uh, your faith being put on trial and things like that. I told Darlene the other day, I think our faith now is being exercised. It's being brought to the surface. Things are being brought to the surface. And our responsibility as who we are is not to try to complicate things, but very simply say, you know, uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Moore, When we went over to see, I don't know, I didn't, I have not, I've spent quite a bit of time with Ronnie over the years. But uh, I always remember we would go to a restaurant and we'd go someplace and Ronnie would say, Jesus loves you. You know, the Lord loves you. And uh, he would just say that. I don't know how he did it all the time. Catherine, that pretty much was his byword, wasn't it? He'd say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. See, he didn't get into a big debate, but he just stated a fact. And the fact is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And people would give him the goofiest looks. Jesus yeah, right, Jesus loves you. Yes, he does love us. Oh, how he loves us. We are his portion. He is our pride. Born to redemption by the grace in his eye. And if grace is an ocean, we're all sinking in a good way. Amen. Amen. Ankle deep, knee deep, chest deep, yeah. under the water, we're still going to come through. Leave prophesied on Wednesday night, when you pass through the waters, you'll not drown. Now, we're going to keep our head above water. You're going to keep your head above water. Amen. Amen. Because we know how easy it is to be saved.